Hey, this is Not So Kosher, and we are part of the Backroom Studios, but we are not in the Backroom Studios today. Today we are at Bobby Khan's pad. So we're at a padular instead of a podular, but that's okay. And we're overlooking beautiful downtown Minneapolis. Bobby, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you. He's got this like really full beard. I'll give you a visual on it. It's like this really full beard, kind of like a young, probably Santa Claus. And and he's kind of balding, kind of young for balding, but it would make my husband feel better. I'll tell you that. I've been uh, I've been going bald for over ten years now. But I, okay I've never felt it? better. So okay, you know cool. What? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I use it as a as a badge. You've never felt as cool as I feel See? right now. See, so. oh my god, how cool are you? So you, I know you're a local Yoko dude, and you're the who's who's in the universe, or at least in what I consider being the universe. Um, so I want to know. Uh, where you're born. You're born in Minneapolis? Yes, I was born in Minneapolis. Uh, my family and I moved out to Minnetonka when I was seven, I believe. Cool. Um, we went to preschool at Adoth, which is where we went to synagogue, and we started going to Tanglin, which is part of Hopkins schools. So we moved out there by the high school, and I stayed out there until I was 18. And then I went to the U, and I have lived in Minneapolis since. Ever since? Yep. You're cool. Yeah. <laughs> but Minneapolis is a place to be. Yeah, you know, I, I actually thought about moving for the first time last summer, but I just can't do it. Minneapolis is my, it's my muse. Yeah, I, I'm waiting to be downtown. And, I, and I, I just know so many people here. It's, and it's easy. Yeah. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. Do you yeah. Uber? Yeah, Uber, I yeah, lift. See? Yeah. You're right here. It's cool. Yeah. So this week's Not So Kosher episode is brought to you by Bluma Adult Diaper Company. Feel like you're two again. Only by Bluma. So excited to hear about Bluma. But for right now, we have notsokosher.net. You're going to have to check it out. You have to check out Backroom Studios, S-T-E-W-D-I-O-S.com. You have to hit all the shows that we've got. We've got amazing shows from By the Rivers. We've got the Richter Scale, which is so hot. Check out Jubilations. Check out Not So Kosher, of course. You can tweet us at Not So Kosher. Check us out on Instagram at notsokosher.tc. Uh, make sure you follow, like, and share Not So Kosher on Facebook. Check us out on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeart, SoundCloud, every place you want to find us. So ever find yourself wanting to go hit your local strip joint, stare at the girls' boobies, and just wanting to wet yourself? Just let that stream go? Well, now you can. With Bluma Adult Diapers, slide comfortably into a pair of Bluma Adult Diapers and find the comfort you need and deserve under your jeans. Lap dances have never felt better. So set yourself free and get ready to pee with Bluma Adult Diapers. Thank you, Bluma Adult Diapers. You can find them at Bluma Adult Diapers slash messy. I, I'm really curious how your week has been and like what you did this past week. Like what's kept you busy? Because I know you're a super busy guy. Um, well, the highlights. A week ago today, I went to see Fish for the first time which was an incredible Jewish experience. Um, when I went to Herzl, a lot of people there were wearing fish shirts. And I liked the Grateful Dead even back then, but fish kind of just passed me over. Is fish the same as Grateful Dead? Kind it's of like... similar, yeah, jam band music. Okay. And there's like a, they call it the lot, where people just hang out before the show, and there's people selling beer out of their trunks, there's people selling grilled cheese sandwiches, there's people selling bowls. Cool. People selling like pendants, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's great. Where um, were they? Where were they playing? At XL. Oh, and cool. so I said, you know, my friend Eli Flasher, um, he he's always been trying to get me to go see fish, and they were in town. I couldn't pass it up. So I went, and it was actually pretty fun. And the interesting part was, even before we went inside, I was out in the lot, and someone yelled out a nickname that I was called at Herzl Camp. Shaka Khan the Wamboozler. No. And I haven't heard that in like 17 years. <laughs> and so it took me a second to register that they were saying my name. Yeah. It's just like, what the hell just happened? And this guy was a little, he was a little drunk before the show already. Um, but it was just kind of surreal. It was nice seeing everyone again, cool. just catching up. It's it was, always so cool, isn't it? Yeah, I when mean, it was a little bit people. intense because there's so many people. There's like everywhere yeah. you went, you ran into a few. But it was nice because cool. yeah, I don't, I don't really see them anymore. Were so. you in Ozo? No, I went up all the way through Biachad. Right? Oh, you did? You never worked there? No. Oh, um, okay. Got it. 
Yeah, I mean, I had a great time there as a camper. Yeah. No, that's good. And I just, I just, I just felt like at that point, my my time there was done. I yeah. had a good time. Um, I have a twenty three year. I have a twenty three year old that uh, we told her last year was her last year, <laughs> and then she's gone this week because, of course, she had to go help them with something for the week. Oh, okay. She can't get out of it. She just can't get herself. Yeah, away actually, from I heard it. that this weekend that the director of her till is Drea Lear. Who she Drea's was in my one group. of yeah. yeah. I mean, she went. I went to camp with her. Oh, that's weird. That's yeah. right. She's so young. Yeah, young like you. Yeah, I forget. That's right. She's awesome, though. I mean, I don't know if you ever see her. I mean, I haven't seen her in seventeen years. But uh, did you was, like? I mean, she. She was cool. She back is. When we went to camp. She is an amazing director. She's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's I heard. Really I heard. Nice. Uh, I heard about the Robert Randolph show. September eighteenth. Yeah. On yeah, the Mirkaz. To be honest. My friend Sam Rosen, he told me about it, and it is tempting. <laughs> you you know, should go. They're really cool. It would be cool. cool to go back there. I mean, They're, I had a lot of good times there. And, and have you not been there since then? I mean, I you haven't been there at all. a couple years later because my brother, oh. and we went for Visitor's Day, and I yeah. saw the new Hadar. Okay. But I'm told that there's a bunch of new buildings Yo, now. shit. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, it's crazy. And every year, I was there last summer, and there was there's constantly new shit. It's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, it's... They, and they redid the Miracaz, so it's super nice oh, and like comfy, no. you know, much more comfortable seats okay. and, you know, not cushy, but yeah. they're pretty sweet. Anything more exciting? Yeah, I mean, actually, last week was a pretty action packed week. Um, and you remember everything because you're 32. Yeah. <laughs> also, last Wednesday, uh, the fourth episode of the Cable Access show I made with a friend Yours, of mine. yes. Um, the fourth episode debuted, and it's actually airing again tonight in about an hour and a half. The show is called And Now It's. Basically, the idea is it's a variety show, so it's like, and now it's. It, now it's this. Space, and, now it's, and now it's. And now it's an interview. And now it's, it. and now it's comedy. Got and it. We were, the original idea was we'd make more of a deal about saying, and now it's before everything, and say, to, to make it a little bit more clear. Yeah. Um, but, but you didn't really. Yeah, you and I don't know. I, I like that. And it's basically a mix of. Talk shows, interviews, and sketch comedy. Um, we interview local artists. We have a few videos that my friends have made previously that we've run, and some some that I've previously made. And then you add stuff in. And we add. I mean, it's mostly original material stuff. that we okay, shot cool. for the show. Cool. Um, and we've been working on that since last October. Cool. And we have a fifth episode coming out in a couple uh, next week. And I mean, we're really wow. We've, so it takes we've a had, lot of time. We've, it takes a lot of time, and I'm lucky to have my friend Christian Tarbox. He goes yeah. by Bacon. He um, is he Jewish? He's not Jewish, but that's <laughs> definitely good for the not so kosher I love podcast. It. Yeah, because um, he was in love bacon. Uh, <laughs> but he he really is very driven, and he's you know he's the reason we have this show. I have some big ideas. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, and I'm kind of more on the marketing side. And I've certainly been in a lot of the stuff, but yeah. he's much more driven. I have a million dreams and a million ideas that keep pulling me in different directions. And I still work on the show. It's important to me, and I'm really proud of it. Like I, I was at my dentist after it came out, and I told him about, told her about it, and gave her the link to watch it. And that was just cool. You know, yeah. I, I told my neighbor about it. it. It feels cool. Good. Um, so we know that you were locally born, and, um. You, you, I believe you're a May 4th, 1984 baby. That's correct. So, you know, that just instantly puts you down as being like the biggest party animal that there can be. Right. Okay. I mean, Purple Rain and Thriller right? came out within a few months. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> that was like, that was the year my husband graduated high school and he was 18. I was much older than him and I would bring him to First Avenue because that was my hangout. Sure. And Prince would be hanging out with us. It was really weird. Yeah. At 32 years old. If you had saved a cent every day since the age of six, you would be $95.52 richer today. <laughs> Isn't that exciting for yeah, you? It is I exciting. know, because yeah. $95.52 would get you fucking nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. So as you would suspect, Bobby is a financial analyst. He has been a contributing writer for the arts, theater, music section of several local publications, including City Pages and Twin City Daily Planet. Cable access television show, as we just heard a little bit about. He's a producer for that. For that for, he's got Freaky Deaky, and, and he's, I'm going to hear all about that. Sure. And he's a performer at Patrick's Cabaret and beyond. 
he has put on and hosted dance parties in all three rooms of First Avenue, which I'm jealous of, Club Jagger, and more, carrying an inactive CPA degree. Love that. <laughs> Imagine how proud his parents must be. You could only assume he would be one of the top dance instructors in the Twin Cities. So, Bobby, welcome to Not So Kosher. Thank Thanks you for, for being me. with me. Um, so, let's first talk about... Uh, your life as a teenager, were you the guy that everybody thought was the coolest guy? Or were you that little person that kind of kept yourself stifled in the corner and I want to be a CPA person? It was a little bit halfway between those. My friends and I were kind of outcasts, but I did have good friends, a bunch of Jewish boys from Meadowbrook and, cool. me, and a few from Tanglin. That's where I went. Um, and we would kind of stand off to the side and make fun of everyone. Of course. Okay. Uh, so you the you were the assholes. Yeah, we were the okay. assholes. Okay. I mean, we had a pretty good time. We thought we were pretty cool. Um, did you do USY? I did that for a little bit, but I that was about I went I think when I was in ninth grade. Yeah. And that's about when I fell off the map. Okay. Uh, with doing organized were Jewish you, stuff. Were you doing too many drugs? No. My okay. my friends and I were very like anti. Anything like that. So what'd you guys do? I mean, we were just like hanging out at each other's at like in people's basements and And did you watch pornos no, or no, I mean we played video games and <laughs> Oh you were video game I mean, freaks. We smoked weed when did I was Did you in ninth grade? Not you did. no not in ninth grade, not in ninth grade. I mean it's I okay. think, I think right. when a lot I was of people do. when I was a junior was when I tried it. Um when you, you didn't try it till you were a junior? Yeah. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, it was either a sophomore or a junior. I was definitely in High school at Hopkins, and that starts in 10th grade. Maybe Hopkins didn't go as quick as, like, I went to Highland. Well, no, Hopkins went, was called Potkins, so it definitely did. It I just was? kind of, yeah. I never heard I that just, one. Yeah, I guess wow. I was slow to it. Um, you were part of the good boy group then. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I mean, we, we, got, we got a little dirty, um, but I also only drank a handful of times before I went to college. Okay. Um, so did you get, like, sloshed when you went to college then? Yeah, that first year. Did was you? Bad. Yeah. Did just, you like, did you make it through? I mean, like, did you get good enough grades to stay in, or did oh, kick you? Oh, of course I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely an adjustment because college is a lot harder than high school. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know because I decided that wasn't the thing. For <laughs> yeah, me. and so it was an adjustment, but not just to college, but also to living by myself and yeah. being able to make whatever kind of decisions I wanted, you know, without worrying about my parents or yeah. anyone. Um, so there was an adjustment period to that for sure. You do some blogging for The Current. I've done two pieces for them now. Cool. The first one, actually, because uh, ed- there's a writer and editor there named Jay Gabler, who I've known him for a long time. I got yeah. my start writing because he was the editor at TC Daily Planet, and he asked me to cover a got concert, it. and that's how I got started. Cool. And he's always been my favorite editor. He knows when we work together well. He knows exactly what he's going to get from me. Cool. And a lot of other editors I've worked with, I feel like I turn something in, and they just chop it down, and it's, it doesn't make as much sense. I mean, I understand they're trying to keep the words down and I'm wordy as hell. Yeah, but but they're not getting uh, your message So I was talking to my friend Jay about the all-night Prince parties at First Ave because I saw him just very briefly the first night, but he was going off into some back room. I'm guessing they were like live blogging it. So, But I emailed him a few days later just to ask him if he went any of the other nights and I went on the Saturday night as well. Yeah. I was there till 7 on Thursday and on Saturday and he asked me if I would write something about my experience which I did, and I know that piece went kept, around. Yeah. It was, it was, like a lot of a lot of people read it, and you know, it's, I encourage you to go look it up on the current. Uh, just look up Bobby Khan Prince, and you'll find it. And it's, it's just cool. really how I felt about like dancing is something that's really important to me, and I like going out to techno parties that are in warehouses, and we stay up, you know, till the sun comes up. But you don't get that at First Ave ever or anywhere, yeah, because Minneapolis is very strict, yeah. on those kind of things. And so to to do that and see all these people that, I mean, I love my techno friends, but I see them all the time. Yeah. And I've been on the dance floor with them a lot of times. It was nice to be there dancing so hard until seven with that many people that I don't know. You How know? did they broadcast? See, I didn't want to deal with all the people. How did they broadcast the music? Were, in, did they do anything outside? No. Only inside. They, when I, the first night, they had a block party outside. Yeah, and I wondered... so many people. When they did that, that's what I meant. When they did that, did well, they so have Well, so I showed up outside? that night, and I went, yeah. I went down 7th. My friend and I walked down there, and we kept saying, okay, let's okay. go down, because the inside part was supposed to start at 11. So we kept saying, okay, let's get down there at 10. Oh, let's get down there at 9.30. Let's, get, let's try to get down there at 9. Yeah. So we ended up getting down there by 9.15, 
and there uh, we we went on seventh around around seven steakhouse, and there were so many people that we we could walk about up to the depot, but then we couldn't walk anymore. Yeah, and there was a stage set up on Seventh Street, and they were performing oh. from there. Wow! So we just went around the block through yep. the parking lot to cut around to the other side of First Ave. And I saw a few friends there and a few acquaintances, and I talked to people I didn't know. Um, but my friend and I were like, hey, we, we came down here to get inside, not yeah. to watch this outdoor thing. And the outdoor thing only went till 10. Oh, okay. So we went over to buy the door. We were kind of by, sort of near where Princess Star is, yeah. right over there, right yeah. by the front. Yep. And honestly, five minutes after, we turned back, and we were just like packed in like sardines. It was already pretty bad, but it was yeah. just like, it was about 9.30, and everyone had the same idea we had. Wow. That was like, we're, we're waiting to get in, and so we were in line until about 11.45. Um, the doors had been open for 15 minutes when yeah. we got in, so we were some of the first people in. Cool. Um, it was actually really scary, though, because there was no security, no police, no barricades, because they didn't have time to set anything up. People just started showing up, and more people started showing up, and more people, and People were pushing their way through, and fights were about to break out, and luckily none did, but we were packed in so tight, and it was scary, and it was a huge relief to get in. So when did you, when was your dance thing? Like, were you always somebody who liked to dance? No, actually, um, I used to be so afraid to dance. One time at Herzl, I pretended I was sick to get out of, because like that (laughs) evening's activities was like one of the counselors was teaching swing dancing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just pretended to be sick. Um, but interestingly, one of the first experiences I had with dance was in Jerusalem at the Western Wall, the holiest place. Were you place. on pilgrimage or something? Yeah, I was on yeah. uh, Alexander Muss. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I got one that did that. Um, cool. And so we were there during Hanukkah, and we went to the Western Wall one of the nights of Hanukkah. And it was lit up, and it was beautiful. And there was these Orthodox Jews there dancing in a circle, and we were very clearly American Jews, but they were like, hey, come on, come on in. And so we went in, and we were, I mean, not the horror, but we were dancing around in a circle, and it was very celebratory. And we couldn't speak to each other, but that moment, like my class, they pulled us up to Jerusalem for the first time, overlooking it, and most people in my class were like crying. They were having a very emotional, emotional. time. And it was beautiful for me, too. It was emotional for me, but it didn't do that. It was the dancing with these guys that it did didn't. that for me. And I... I mean, I kind of see dancing as my religion, and I kind of have just been realizing over the last few days that the first time I experienced that with dancing was at the holiest site for Judaism. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and so That's very cool. I was still afraid of dancing for several more years after that. Um, what happened was I, I watched Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And I really yeah. liked David Byrne's dance moves. And then I... Something just called out to me and said, Bobby, you got to listen to Parliament, Funkadelic. I mean, I heard a band cover that one of their songs. Wow. And I think maybe that's what it was. But yeah. I something inside of me was like, you got to go listen to P-Funk. And I did. And it kind of all went from there. I was still afraid to dance, but I was sitting in my bedroom kind of listening to it and just kind of like... It's you know, awesome. Moving my shoulders around, dancing to myself. And the album I actually got was called Standing on the Verge of Getting It On which is what I actually was doing. Cool. I just didn't know it, you know? And then yeah. about a year after that, we were having a party at my house. I put on a Parliament CD, and that's when I started, like, dancing in front of people wow. for the first time. And um, did they start dancing then, too? Well, yeah, I mean, it, was, it turned into a dance party. Cool. I mean, I put it on, it was a whole dance party, including oh, I love me. It. Um, in my living room, it was great. I love it. Um, but that really, I mean, that was when I was probably 21 or 22. Yeah. And so it's been a progression through there. It really was thanks to funk music at first, but then more in the last five or six years, uh, house and techno music too, which I I see as an extension. I of, think it, I agree with you. Yeah. Because that was stuff that I used to really like, and then yeah. I I like techno stuff a lot now too. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's but it's so funny to me that that is the music that you just. I know. I mean, because that's what I grew up with. So I'm like, actually, what? Uh, <laughs> one of the, the biggest DJ from Minneapolis is Jewish. Who is it? Uh, the biggest techno DJ is named DVS1. Um, he's a Russian Jew. Really? Uh, yeah. That's I mean, I'm not sure cool. how how involved he was in yeah. Judaism, but... Uh, but whatever, he's Jewish. Yeah, I mean, I think he went to Temple Israel, and he is... I mean, he's he flies around the country, I mean, wow. around the world. Doing um, his shit. Yeah, and I mean, he's, like, super high in demand. Cool. Like, super on top of his game. Wow. Very impressive. You know, I'm very Do you proud. ever go to Skyway? I've been there a few times. I've been there a few times. That's more um, dubstep 
and kind of more popular EDM okay. music. Okay. What I like is more underground and they do it in clubs. Ah. They do it in clubs here and there, but there's also a few warehouses where it's I mean where it's they you know do under it? the table. Can't believe um, they still do that. Like we used to do that. But yeah. I didn't well, think it's, that it's I never fun. hear about it. Of it's course, fun. You know? It's fun. And I'm not I mean supposed it's supposed to. There Minneapolis cool. is so strict that you kind of have to make your own rules a little oh, bit. Well, that's okay. The thing is that almost every place gets busted eventually, shut down. Do they really? And then a new place springs up. Okay. That's a, as long and as a new one comes up. Yeah, I cares, mean, right? sometimes it takes a while. Like, there was a stretch this winter and spring where it was... They had to all come to like your apartment. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, one of, the, one of the main ones that was having parties got shut down in January. Because they're having too so many parties. What do they shut them down for? What's, well, it's what's, just uh, uh, like the neighbors complained oh, do, so many times that it was just like, okay, we can't got it. do this. You know, got it. Not because they're some illegally. Of them, I mean, some of them get so big that there's like you know two or three hundred people there. Okay, and it's just it just takes a few shitheads. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, the one that right. got shut down, there was a lot of. I mean, it did have like a nice half of the block without mm-hmm. houses, but you know, when you get two or three hundred people there, people start parking farther away. And there was just shitheads being idiots yeah. on their way in or on their way out. And I mean, when you have a party with that many people, you're going to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, All right. So let's talk about the shit that you do. Okay. So what was the first project that you ever had that you ever did that was... All right, so I think it's hysterical that you have this financial background. Yeah. But then somehow you have this, there's this art part, which is so yeah. no, off the grid of the, I mean, it makes no it's sense. It's a yin and a yang. And what's yeah. funny is like the people on one side very rarely know. I mean, my friends on the art side yeah. who know me well, they know what I do for a job. But yeah. I, at my first job when I worked at an accounting firm, I didn't tell a single person. I was on a cable access show for years and no live call in and none of them live in Minneapolis like yeah. they live way out there and yeah. so I mean I was driving out to Minnetonka to work there and I just didn't tell anyone because I didn't think I it didn't think it mattered um, and I, I have told a few people at my current job yeah. and I've kind of like casually mentioned to my supervisors like why I need to take a day off to work on a variety show that I'm putting on you know but I don't I don't say a whole ton about it um, to me it's a yin and a yang and I need both and do you want to keep it separate like that? Is that is that a um, comfort I mean, I think, zone for you? Or? I think ultimately Dream Job would be able to find a way to put them together. I mean, you will. What I understand <laughs> the the skill I have that the world values most is my accounting skills, and so I understand. Like, I would like to work at some creative place and do accounting there. Yeah. But I also maybe work on some creative stuff there. Um, so you know, I'm. That's my ultimate dream, but I'm also being realistic about yeah. it right now. What puts money in your pocket? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? The thing is, One accounting puts it. money in my pocket, and all my projects take money out, <laughs> and it works. Exactly. And I, you know, I've had some awkward times when I asked some artist friends to be a part of a show that I'm putting on or something where there's just no money. Yeah. And they get a little bit upset, and they, you know, whatever they they should be, yeah. they, they have every right to be, yeah. You know, because I'm asking them to do what they do for their livelihood for free. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know people get that all the time, yeah, as artists, and so I understand it. But I still ask because because you're Jewish. I mean, because I'm Jew. Well, because I have bargain, no money. And I, I, I mean, well, it's not, I don't okay. have money, but it's like I don't mind spending money yeah. on these projects. But I can't like spend money and then also spend even more money to like pay my friends to yeah. be involved. Yeah. Know? Because I'd rather just, you know, unfortunately just say, I'm sorry, I just can't have you. you know? Yep, exactly. Um, so tell, tell me about your first project you ever did. Okay, so the first one that really got me started on, like, everything in life uh, was called Freaky Deaky. It was not my show. It was my friend Hamill Griffin Cassidy, who had shows on cable access in Minneapolis for over 10 years. And he worked there, so that's, that was his um, connection. It was a live show. My friend Hal Lovemelt got involved first. These names. Well, his name is Hal Schuler. Oh, okay. He, well, like, oh, it was Hal Schuler, but when he got married, they changed their last name to Lovemelt. Love I agree. They're, they're definitely hippie. They're definitely hippies. <laughs> I, they will be the first to admit it, but those two have been like so instrumental in my life. Cool. And Hal especially. I mean, I knew Hal in high school, and he's been my biggest encourager and supporter, and I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd be doing most of this stuff. Or I wouldn't even know a bunch of my best friends if cool. it wasn't for him. Nice. Because he was the one who invited me on to Freaky Deaky. So it was a live show. Basically, they used the blue screen mm-hmm. and just really messed with the visuals. So, I mean, it was like 
a druggy show, basically. I know? was going to say, yeah, you I mean, have like to be seriously on acid. To yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, if, if you I were on acid. I, I could never do anything because um, I, I was like, for the last year and a half, I was the host. So it was a call-in show. So I was taking calls. So I, I couldn't be too fucked up. I mean, I had to be <laughs> level-headed. And was that the premise of the, was that the idea for it? Was it? I mean, it, the idea was, it was whatever. Based? It was the idea was that it was an hour of like very freeform television, and some people really didn't like it, and other people really did like it. And <laughs> you know, it was cool talking. It was awesome being on the show. Um, and I mean, when I first went on, I I had body image issues because I mean, I've always been overweight in my life. Yeah, uh, I've been, I've been losing a lot of weight. Fault. I've been losing a lot of weight in the last few years, but. Um, I was definitely self-conscious when I went on there, and I got over that on the show. Um, and I that, brought you beer and home and tushin, so Yeah, that should, exactly, yeah. That should keep um, you going. And so, so really, everything started from there. That's where I got my first taste of, you know, doing anything kind of entertainment and yeah. being in front of the camera. And it was really easy because I would just show up, and Hamill and Hal did all the work, and they got it all set up. And at first, I would just show up and just go on screen, but then I would show up and be the host. And I really, I remember when I first went on, I was a, like, I was terrified of getting on the microphone to say anything. Yeah. For some reason, and then the host that we had moved away, and so there was kind of like a void, and different people kind of took over, and I just stepped up to the mic one day, and it, um, it kind of went from there, and so that really, it got that got my foot in the door of everything. That's where I met Jay Gabler from the Current. Who oh, was my editor cool. Now. Yeah, we yeah, met yeah. On Freaky Deaky. Awesome. I met some of my best friends there. Um, it really it really opened my eyes to the potential of doing things uh, like that. Yep. And I mean, that's where it all started. I started writing a few years after that. Did um, you do any of that stuff when you were younger, too? Did you, were you into writing or I was, music? I mean, when or? I went to college, I, I started writing into the school paper. Oh, the, did you the really? Minnesota Daily, just okay. about political stuff. Okay. Um, and so then you, there was some like student run website that that I wrote for. I mean, I didn't get any money. It was just I just thought it was cool to be a part of that. Yeah. But it didn't. It was for one presidential election. It must have been two thousand eight, and it just didn't last very long. Yeah. Um, it just kind of fizzled out. It was cool. I yeah, no, but I mean, cool I had, my, I had a personal blog, and that's why Jay contacted me Got about doing yeah. the show. So I always, yes, I always like to write. So tell me the one of the like from one of these shows that I thought was hysterical. Okay. The girl who shot, shot the, the moon. moon, Luna Hastar. Yeah. What child superstar? Like, tell me what? Who the hell is okay. she? She like a niece? No. <laughs> so again, this all comes from Freaky Deaky. Back when I was on Freaky Deaky, I always wanted to have my own cable access show. Yeah. Well, my own, but also working with people. And I had ideas to do it back then. I took classes at MTN, and I just never did it because it's very intimidating. It's there's a lot of gear. And a lot of different buttons to press, yeah. a lot of different settings that if you just don't have one thing right, it can totally fuck up what yeah. you got, you know? And so I never did anything. Um, but then Freaky Deaky ended, and one of my outlets that I went to was going to Patrick's Cabaret to do a variety show. Because we actually performed there with Freaky Deaky. We performed Oh, so that was how you so got your foot in the door. So this is another thing that Freaky Deaky got my foot in the door. Got and it. Hamill, the creator of Freaky Deaky... His dad, Tom Cassidy, is, is a board member there, and he oh, put on shows there. Perfect. Like, we were in his show. That's how we got introduced. And got so it. that was in 2010, I believe, that we performed there. And then I, it took me a few years to get the idea, but I was like, oh, I should do a show at Patrick's Cabaret. And so that was on my, well, cl- a week before my 30th birthday in 2014, I had this variety show that featured pretty much all close friends of mine doing various acts. Um, I did something that we did on Freaky Deaky that was called Silent Film Guy, where it was basically just like I wore a suit and a hat and acted out a silent film. And so what we did is we just went in a little booth on stage yeah. and projected it. And So it how did cool. you have, uh, you, you got people that came? Yep, and uh, paid, it was like paid. a Friday and Saturday night thing. Um, did you there, publicize it or does yeah, it just oh yeah, Patrick's I did, a lot of, I, mean, I, I did over 100 Social hours media of work to, on it. I mean, it, I did everything. Okay. I really worked very hard on it. Um, it was, it was a big money? deal to me. Huh? Did you make any money? Or? I lost money. Okay. Because basically how it works, Patrick's, they give out everything they take in at the door for yeah. ticket sales, they give to the artists. They do? Yeah. Well, how do and they make any... They oh, pass from the a alcohol? basket around. What? But Seriously? The thing is, you're <laughs> saying is this, that like now, church? but they are shut... Well, they're not shut down. They're still going, but 
they lost their space. The reason they were able to have a space was because them they, had too? A, they had a benefactor who rented them this amazing space yeah. for like a dollar a month. Oh. And that was the only way it worked out. And those kind of things, you know, they're going to end eventually. I mean, yeah. they were there for 16 years, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I did some shows there. I did the one for my 30th birthday, and I did one the next year. The next year, that's where Luna comes in. She okay. is in a band called Ola Agua with her dad. She's like two. She's 11. <laughs> well, she was 10 at the time. So her dad, Gwydion. Oi. Yeah, no, that's a weird name. That's the weirdest <laughs> name I know, I think. That's probably, that's probably about as weird as it comes, yeah. <laughs> Um, he was a fan of Freaky Deaky, and so we met him through that. Um, and he, I posted on Facebook that I was looking for acts for my uh-huh. second show. Yeah. And he came to me, and I didn't know him that well, so when, when I, whenever someone came to me with an act, I was always a little worried that I was going to be like, and just say no. But everyone who came to me, I accepted, pretty much. Yeah. You know? And so I was a little worried because I really didn't know him very well. But he came with this idea that said him and his girlfriend and his daughter, Luna, wanted to do this band and they stole the show so hard <laughs> okay come on and it was amazing her mannerism is fucking hilarious yeah no it is and I yeah mean, is that the part her, that really kind of stole the show her dad is a bit of a weird guy and she is in turn she's weird. A, bit, a bit weird but, but I she's love got it. she's on point when she's, she's on like point and the thing is doing stuff she at the variety show she just crushed it and i she <laughs> loved performing i mean she was performing in front of a hundred people each night and she was and she loved it and she got a standing ovation and you know i always i made the joke that i i i have a big head i like to talk about myself i called it the bobby con show and she stole my thunder but i was so happy and she's been a part of the show when she first came in for the first shoot she was nervous but now she's like a pro in there we're doing these shoots with her now all of my friends and I, when we're doing something, we have to like do multiple takes. We edit it together. We have our lines fed to us. And she's her. doing this thing. She just walks out there and talks for three minutes, and it's hilarious. And we don't even have to edit it. Wow! And so it's just like watching her get better like this. And yeah. she's only eleven. Yeah. And this Can you is imagine? that is my favorite part of the show, honestly. Wow! And we're gonna get. Uh, I have a friend with a nine-year-old daughter who we're gonna have like basically a whole episode dedicated to her. With these young She can be stars. like bossy, so she's basically gonna like start screaming at me and take over the show. And I <laughs> honestly, I love it. Um, one of the things that I really looked up to for Hamill, the guy who made Freaky Deaky, was that he had this show, and it really gave people a chance to like give an opportunity and like spread their wings and make a name for themselves, like yeah. I did. And a few other people did. Yeah. And so, like, for me, that's with this variety show and with the TV show, it's really nice having an opportunity to do that, to to give people space to and an opportunity and help them out. Awesome. Um, because they're making our show better, too. Yeah. You know, it really, it really feels good to be part of a community like this where we're all working together and firing on all cylinders together. Can you tell how many people watch this stuff? It's Is hard any because way to... they don't show on... We don't get ratings from... The cable, which yeah. I'm assuming most people don't watch it on cable because we put everything on YouTube, which, by the way, if you Google and now it's MPLS, it's A-N-D-N-O-W-I-T-S, MPLS, um, the first thing that should come up is our YouTube channel. Um, but we have a Facebook page and now it's, we have a Twitter um, where we we'll post posting stuff on there. Cool. Um, so the thing is on YouTube and on we put most of our videos on YouTube, like we put the whole episode and we put some clips and then we've been putting some episodes directly on Facebook because they're assholes about how you share stuff, and it like, I feel like the YouTube clips don't Are get, they, not, they like, don't get seen as well because Facebook's just assholes. Uh, um, yeah, they. That's the thing I mean. is, they don't. I mean, none of them have a ton of views, and it's kind of frustrating because we're working really hard. And not only that, but I know what we have is good. Like I know we have good stuff. Yeah. And I know we're gonna catch a break, and that's why I really appreciate you interviewing me. We'll and put we're it like, up. We're sending out press releases to people. We'll and put it just, on my webpage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it another wing for people. Yeah, to... yeah, yeah. And I, I know we'll get there. Like actually, our next episode, um, that we're putting out next week is just amazing. And I feel yeah. like our fourth episode was the best episode until that one. So it's like, we're getting better at this. Yeah. And you can, like, when we first went into the studio, we didn't know what we were doing. We are just kind of feeling our way around. Yeah, it looks, yeah. It looks and sounds not too great. And the thing is, we're working at a cable access studio. So, yeah. I mean, it's already, we're already at a disadvantage. Yeah. But we're just kind of embracing it. Right. You know, it's like, who cares if it looks like shit? Yep. Who cares if it sounds like shit? We're making stuff that's entertaining, in and my opinion. And you can just have fun. It's yeah. not like you have to be, it's yeah. not rigid. But the thing it's is, whatever. having said that, 
we have gotten better, and I can tell the difference cool. in the quality. And also, it helps that our friend Hamill, who had done shows and really knows a lot more than we'll ever know, yeah, um, he's been helping us out too. So cool. it's been really nice. Cool. All right. So tell tell people a little bit more about your. Um, so you think you con dance, <laughs> okay. and you have like, what do you have like river dance, but it's spelled like con in the end. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, what was the other one? Oh. Um, Base ga- gasm, oh yeah, ten and pizza time, like like those are just all crazy, and you're always like in a different outfit, like yeah. dancing, and so yeah. what's wh- like? How do you come up with that shit? Well, okay, so pizza time were some sketch comedy videos I did with this group called MPLS TV. They made it was like maybe 2009, 2010. Yeah, they were kind of big for a while. They were making a lot of videos with local bands and doing some comedy stuff. And they actually had a show on cable access too. I eventually did So You Think You Can Dance on there, which was just, the idea was just kind of doing dance instruction a little bit. But I realized when I was making it that it would be more fun if there was actually people there and not just not you. Them watching it. Yeah. I mean, I had a few other people there. Yeah. But, I mean, like a class full of people. Yeah. The idea being that like someone would take over for 10 minutes and just kind of do whatever and the yeah. class would follow. And so. I did eventually start doing classes. I did them at Gamut Gallery. You got um, something going, coming? Isn't there something this weekend? Yeah, I'm doing, actually doing a dance. There's Prince a Prince. I actually do accounting at Gamut Gallery. It's my friend's art gallery. Um, cool. We just turned four, and they asked awesome. me to help with their accounting because, I mean, they kept getting bigger oh, and bigger. Cool. And this was about two and a half years ago, and they're good friends of mine. So, of course, cool. I said yes, and um, they've been great to me, as in, like, letting me have parties that like events there nice and what's going on this weekend is there's a three-night prince tribute where there's a lot of local artists who made a prince piece which has be been so the cool there's yeah, been so many around the city DJs each night so thursday the 30th friday the july 1st and saturday july 2nd and i'll be teaching a a short version of my class on saturday cool just featuring prince songs but the idea of the class is to I kind of talk about where I've come from and how I used to be afraid of dancing and that it's it was really a mental thing getting over it because at first I wasn't really a good dancer but I just like told myself I was and I would just move around and I try to copy David Byrne and stop making sense and it it is a mental thing so what I do yeah. is I we do a little tiny warm up but there's no I don't teach people dance moves I don't teach people any choreography I teach people confidence, and I, I basically what I do is I make a dance circle, and I make everyone get in the middle at, at some point. That's really and cool. So I mean, the biggest one I've ever done was in the main room at First Avenue. Was um, that the one you just recently? Is there a video on that? Yes, there's a video yeah. on that. That was when you dressed super two, sexy. Yeah, yeah. There was two years ago. Two years ago now. Um, <laughs> when you were a little bellyish. Huh? <laughs> when you were a little bellyish. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was wearing a small American flag leather jacket. Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot of fun. And I mean, that one at First Avenue, honestly, it it was amazing. Like You, you have some of these experiences as a performer where you, you think something's going to go well, you hope something's going to go well. And it actually And then it just well. it goes even better. Excellent. And it, you just leave with this such amazing feeling like you're floating. You know? And I mean, that's that's why I do any of this stuff, really. Excellent. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's... And, I was going to do another one um, in July, but the event got postponed. So I I know I'll be back in First Ave before too long. Yeah, um, that's cool. I've done a to- few of them here and there, but I've kind of faded away on those. Not because I don't want to, but it's just I, I'm focused more on other stuff and right so, now. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of that, I think you're just starting Chosen by the Funk. Yes. Chosenbythefunk.com. Yes. Right? Um can find that. Yeah. Ta- what's what's the point of it? So basically, I've been writing for The Current and for City Pages and for a few other places. And I kind of got tired of having to answer to an editor or to ask an editor for their permission to write something. And um, a lot of these things I'm doing, it's like with my TV show, I'm kind of banging my head against the wall because we don't have a ton of views. And it's with my writing. I, I mean, some of, the, some of the things I've wrote got a good number of views, but not a ton. But I do these things because I like them, and it makes me feel good to, like, have this and to have a website that I can... I'm writing um, original content. Like, I, I always wanted to start a website, and I was I was planning to start it late in May. But after Prince died, I decided to start it then, and I wrote, like, a multi-part Prince tribute. I interviewed my friend Eli Flasher, 
uh, who works at First Ave, to talk to him about what it was like inside First Ave right after it happened, you know, yeah. and leading up to the dance parties. Um, I interviewed someone who works for Prince. I interviewed my cousin, Nancy Altman, who Prince wrote a love song for. Um, he, she That's worked cool. for Owen Husney, which is Prince's first manager, when wow. Prince was just getting signed to Warner Brothers, um, which I didn't even know about that, but I saw it on the news. Interesting. Like a few days after Prince died. Wow. Um, so I, I wrote a lot about Prince, um, and the name chosen by the funk is, I mean, that's what I, that's just the name I came up with a few years ago, and that's what I feel like I am, because of that story sense. that I told you with P-Funk, you know, it's like, yep. I feel like it sought me out, and I mean, people might laugh at this, but I feel like this is my religion, like, I feel like this is exactly the kind of thing that people describe when they're talking about, like, God talking yeah. to them, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like to jump to any conclusions, I don't, I don't think it's God that talked to me. But something talked to me. Yeah. And I mean, that's what religion is. See, and I thought it was like a mix of that and then because we're the chosen people. Well, no, I do. I definitely do. I I trust. Yeah, that's what I feel like. I have that connection. But um, I guess I'm feeling, especially since Prince died, that there's a a hole in Minneapolis and in St. Paul that needs to be filled because I feel like funk's been going away from Minneapolis for a while. It used to be back in the 80s. It was like at the forefront. And, you know, you go to a, you go, I went to a Prince tribute show, and people were getting down. I went to the shows at First Avenue, the parties, and people were getting down. Like, people still have it in us. Yeah. But it's just not in the forefront. And so I guess what I have realized um, since Prince died is what I'm supposed to do is kind of try to bring it back to Minneapolis. I mean, do what I, I can. I love that, honestly. I mean, I'm not, I can't do what Prince can do, but I'm going to um, I'm gonna try to... You try to do something. I'm going to call it... Uh, make Minneapolis funky again. Oh, I like so, that. So, you know. You should do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have some big plans. I can't really share anything because nothing's confirmed, but yeah. I have started um, Good. on some very big plans, and I think they're going to work out. Cool. Um, See, I'd like to watch that stuff. Yeah, I, like I, I think it's something important for this city. It is. Um, because we it, it is part of our history, and we still have it, but yeah. it's just oh, we kind do. of hidden away. I just, but there's also a lot of other really wonderful music that's come about. So sure. it makes it, but th- we do need that to, it needs to be vintaged back. Is that a good yeah, word? Well, vintaged back. And the thing is, I go to Detroit <laughs> every year for this techno festival and they still celebrate funk. Like to them, it's like I was saying earlier, like funk, techno and house are is an extension of funk music. And they, yeah, that's how they see it. You know, like the DJ is very important there. They have, um, it's a much bigger deal there than it is here. Yeah. Um, but everything I, has to move forward too. So I think it makes it difficult. Yeah, to, well but you be the one you bring yeah, it back in. I'll be happy for sure. The thing is I've seen a lot of things and I've seen what I think works and what I think doesn't work. And yeah. I think I know what needs to happen. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to, it was actually really cool. It, it came to me on my birthday. I had this like epiphany to be like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta do this. Wow. And I've been thinking about it since then. And I mean, that was May 4th. Yeah. So just a couple of weeks after Prince died. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's sad that it had to take Prince dying for me to feel this kind of inspiration. Um, well, I, I think mean, that's it, happened to a lot of A lot of things yeah. have happened because of that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it wouldn't, I mean, this, this was inside me, but I yeah. just didn't, didn't know, you know? And, yeah. Um, I mean, that's why I say I was chosen by the funk because I honestly, this is a religion to it me. Is, you know? Exactly. So, um, as part of the website, I just started a radio show called Blame It on the Boogie Radio. This Blame is another thing. Blame It on the Boogie. There's, this is, there's just a million <laughs> things I wanted to do. And honestly, since Prince died, I've been doing them all. That's good. And basically, I have a lot of friends who are house and techno DJs, and they'll, they'll play a set and they'll record it and put it online where it's all, the, all the songs are mixed together. Yeah. I have bad hearing, so I can't really do that. Why that do well. you have bad hearing? Is it, it just from runs in my family and, I, oh. and, and too many concerts, though. Too many concerts did it, but I think. Honestly, on my mom's side of the family, everyone has People bad do. hearing. Yeah. And I, I think it was just, I should have been wearing earplugs earlier. And I mean, I do wear earplugs whenever I go out to a concert now, but it's too late. Um, yeah, it is. It's like a, so, it's like a burn when you're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you got so, cancer. But I like music a lot, and I like to share it. And so I just basically, I put it out last weekend, the first episode, and I burned about 30 copies on CD and handed wow. them out to friends. And then I just put it up online on my website. Cool. All right, so how many different places can people find you? Like, say all your websites. Can you okay, do you know well, and your Twitter? Yeah, and yeah, okay. All your- so chosenbythefunk.com is my website. It's just been going for a few months, but I already have a lot of stuff up on there, and 
you find information about me and pretty much anything I do on there. Um, my Twitter is Kabi Bon. Okay, which is because... Oh, someone had Bobby Khan. No, I had Bobby Khan, but <laughs> I changed you? it because it was a little bit too like too normal. Well, it was a little bit too easy to find me for some of the stuff I was talking what, about. Do you know? So. Do you not want to be found? Well, I don't mind. Like it, it's just more like my employers and stuff like that. You know? Oh, I mean, you can make it, it so it's private. Got you know? it. But it's just yeah, you didn't. Want I don't want my name so out there. blatantly out there. Yeah, you know, and I don't tweet as much as I used to, but I used to. I used to tweet a lot more, and I used to get into some shit just saying stupid stuff on Twitter because I was still in my twenties back then. You know, I didn't it's know okay. any better. That's <laughs> right. I'm learning a lot. Since That's I've been the beauty in my 30s. of being in our twenties. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like my thirties. My my thirties have been the best. But, Good, but it is kind know. of fun to do whatever the fuck you yeah, want to no, do and really I, not realize what my twenties do. But I did some be. asshole things. But, yeah, it's you know, all right. Whatever. It's okay. It's a good thing. Yeah. All right. So I think that we should do a little bit of. Um, we don't. We actually don't have that much time because we talk too much, which is a good thing. Because yeah. we want to spread as yeah. much information as possible. So I wanted to play this. I wanted to play a few games. So of course I mentioned I want to play a shots game, and um, no, we're not going to play a shots game because I don't feel like it. But I think we should play getting to getting to know you. Do you have a girlfriend right now? I don't. Okay. Um, are you in the market for a girlfriend? Yes, I am. Okay, so. If everybody heard that, we need that to be out there because that's yeah, I mean, really come important. On, I'm a catch, right? Yeah, we need we need <laughs> he needs some eye candy. It would be really great for yeah. him to be like a dance partner, yeah. you know, little uh, two step or what do we call funk dancing? We used to see we were disco. Was that? Yeah. I mean, what we I call a, it is just being an idiot. Okay, that's cool. Floor. I like just, that. Just losing it. I and like that. Letting the music take over. Um, what's your favorite condiments? Uh, ketchup. Pickles. I mean, ketchup, I guess, only Together? on things. No, I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about on like a sandwich? You could do whatever you want. I don't care. You know, sriracha, whatever. Yeah, I guess I use some sriracha. Um, I guess I'm not much of a condiment person. Aren't you? I don't, I don't like... I'm a huge I'm more of person. like putting seasoning on stuff when I'm oh, cooking. Oh, are you? You know. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. What did you have for dinner tonight? I mean, I just had leftover stuff tonight because I was... Leftover you made? I, yeah, leftover I made. So what'd I you make? leftover chicken breast and asparagus and zucchini that I made last night. Is that like the whole diet thing? Well, yes, I have been eating healthier. Um, that's I, very good. I, I have been losing weight. Um, weight's something that's always been a struggle for me in my life. And I was up at like almost 270 like eight years ago. Oh, were you? And really? I got get down all the way to 200. Wow. And now I'm back around 215, but I was up at like 2.30 again. Bobby, so that, I'm that's on my way a lot back down. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, you don't look like you don't even weigh that much. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm on my way back down, and I've been doing a lot of push-ups, so okay, I there actually you go. look better than I did when do I you, weighed. Do you go to a gym, or do you just like do in the house? Uh, I go to the gym. I, I go to the YWCA on oh, cool. Nicollet, because cool. I, I walk to work, and then I walk home, and I stop in there. Because basically, when I got my job downtown, I... Just from walking to work alone, yeah. I lost 20 pounds in three months. That was the only change to it's my so, life. So it's a and, boy thing. It's and, a male thing. Well, it's also that I was overweight and I just needed some exercise. And yeah. I wasn't getting any, or at least not anywhere yeah, near then enough. It, definitely. And I mean, you add probably three or four miles walking a day, yeah. that alone. Yeah, you're right. I mean, at that point, I was already into eating healthier. And that yeah. was helping a little bit. But Absolutely. you need to do both, yep. you know. And uh so I lost 20 pounds, and I was like, hey, I should just keep going on this. And so I signed up. I have a busy season for accounting that's uh, yep. January and February. I don't do taxes, so my busy, my busy season ends right there. But I went and signed up, you know, I think on March 1st, right after I got cool. done, um, three years ago. And so I've been going Monday through Friday pretty much. Good. Um, since then. I that's mean, I definitely have thing. had lulls, but uh, I feel good. You know, it's it's good to... To work out, it makes me feel good. And it when does. I when I go to my busy season and I, I just stop going to the gym and I, I don't eat as well and I just generally feel like crap. You know, the first few weeks I still feel okay, but then especially like three, four weeks in, that everything's worn off, you know. Yeah. And And then you crave you crave it like crack. Yeah. It's like you need it. Yeah. You need it. So if you could get a dry hug from anybody on this planet, who would that be? Wow. I mean, I probably would have said Prince, rest in peace. Interesting. You know? Good for but, you. Uh, I guess we'll go with George Clinton. 
God dang, check you out. You're yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love it. All right. So are you a boxer, brief, or thong guy? Boxer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Long boxes or short? I mean, I guess they're long. I don't know. Well, no, no, no. Are they medium? They're medium. We'll go with medium boxes. Big Daddy wears medium. Yeah. Do you wear satin or cotton? Cotton. Okay. That's good. Typical Jewish boy. Yeah. Um, do you like to get nasty with the lights on or the lights off? I like both. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I prefer the lights off. Yeah. I, I probably mean, used to like the lights on, I'm sure. Huh? At some point, I probably liked the lights on. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy doing both. I guess with the lights on, it's more when it's with someone I'm, I really care about, and it's yeah. not just like... A, you don't want to bag their head or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, not even that. It's just, you know... <laughs> you want to get that feeling between... Like, like, yeah, yeah exactly. All right, so um, tell me where you lost your virginity. Um, don't say in this apartment. Some, no, no, no. In some <laughs> house in St. Paul. Oh, oh yeah. seriously? Yeah. Was it a party or just some chick? Well, we were that... at, we were at uh, a bar... We were at the turf club at a concert, <laughs> and I went home with her. <laughs> You're so trashy, isn't it? Wasn't yeah. that weird that yeah, you went, you lost your virginity with someone that you really didn't even weird. know? It was weird. Good for you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really proud of you. Yeah, I mean that was the only time we ever saw each other, and it was weird. That's okay. But you gotta get the first one out of the way. That's right. It's <laughs> true. Know? It's very true. Yeah. Okay, so Bobby, thank you so much for giving us this fabulous interview on Not So Kosher. We're so excited that you could be a part of this show. Um, we want to thank Cecil's Deli in beautiful Highland Park for their sponsorship today. Uh, they are a wonderful place offering your tummy some immediate gratification and to keep your intestinal flow a-flowing. Home intestine, corned beef, matzo ball soup, chopped liver. Now that's some great food that will make you skip your frozen dinner. Come in for those great treats all year round. Step into a the history of four generations of mouth-watering happiness. Open seven days a week, 365 days a year. Find them at CecilsDell.com. So you can check out Not So Kosher is doing a live show at Camp Bar, downtown St. Paul, July 21st, 730, free event. Like, thank you, Camp Bar, for doing that for us. They're pretty awesome. So come and find out uh, who's going to put your fire out with pride. Check it out. Um, so Bobby, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thanks for having me. It was great. And um, we're going to post as much of his shit as we can on our website at backroomstudios, S-T-E-W-D-I-O-S.com. Check out notsokosher.net. Check us out at Twitter at notsokosher. Instagram, notsokosher.tc. Be well, my universe. You got